Welcome to The Book Report, the podcast where we do book reports on books we haven't read since the last time we did book reports. My name is Dwin, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Natalie, and my pronouns are also she, her. Do you remember the Animorphs? Neither do we. This week, we're reading The Extreme by Kay Applegate, which was written in 1999. Dwin, do you remember what happened last time? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> we had Sam on, and we talked about Cassie and the Helmicrons. Mm-hmm. Who are tiny little aliens who just have a lot of a lot of personality, sure, um, and just having a grand old time doing the most, uh, flying around, zapping every one of their little tiny ships, trying to steal the the cube, which we think maybe the a- animorphs have because they didn't seem panicked that at the end, but maybe they don't. Unclear. Unclear. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's what happened last time, and Sam was here. It was a yeah. real it was a real chaos book. So. Um, it was my week to write the book report and yeah, where's the book report? Well, I didn't write it, but, what? um, I think we've all been in this position at school where we had to give a report and then we maybe forgot to do it. So I'm going to improv this. We're going right. to, I'm up at the front of the class and here we go. I'm just going to tell you what happened in this book. I'll be taking some notes and grading you. It's going to be great. <laughs> here we go. Okay. This week, I read The Extreme, and fuck, I already, I'm already feeling very <laughs> bad about what I'm about to, okay. Um, this book is narrated by Marco, who has a bad sense of humor, and in the first two pages goes on a very, very bad date where he falls asleep at a concert and is then abandoned by his date. Eric shows up, storms in and says, I have new information unsurprisingly, and I will not be helping you, good luck. Which results in them turning into flies, hitching a ride on Visser 3's butt, on his butt. They go in a spaceship, there's a bunch of murder, they fall off the spaceship, and they land in some snowy region, which they are presuming is the Arctic, and they're like a few miles away from a Yerk base. And they're just on a frozen tundra. And then results a, um, not even a comedy of errors, just errors where they are attempting to get to the Yurk base in order to destroy it because that's the problem that Eric told them they should solve. And they begin their quest to do so. And this uh, book report's getting really out of hand, but okay. So they begin their quest to the base they have to morph into a bunch of different animals. There's a lot of cold and maybe a lot of almost dying happening. There's some hunting of wild animals. They realize the Yerks plan, which is they have these creatures called the Venber that are like non-carbon-based life forms that exist as frozen people. And the Venber are after them and they're running and running and they're trying not to get eaten by these ski foot Venber people. And then they make it to the base and then they proceed to blow it up. That's, that's, I mean, pretty much all that happens in the book. Then they go home and Marco takes a hot shower. So that's yeah. my book report. That's my summary of the book. What do you think? Did you like the improv? Wow. Well, as improv, it was good. Thanks. As a book report, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a book report, I just feel like to be true to the spirit of the book report yeah 
a teacher always catches you when you improv a book report almost always <laughs> and they almost always know you that's didn't prepare true. for class uh yeah that's true i only have one counter argument which is that you and i winged it on every religion class report we had to do and no one noticed when we did that but i yes but that's point. much easier to wing it on a religion <laughs> class because a lot of those essays were things like you know write about how you feel about jesus good point that's much easier to, to wing or like like a lot of those times just talk about your feelings about god that's easy you make a good point um this is summarizing a very I'll, important book yeah and i'll fully admit that factually my book report wasn't very strong in terms of yeah, factual yeah. accuracy provided and you didn't even mention the van being on the on the ship you know there's just a lot of stuff missed there i think i think it's fair to mark you down for that i'll, I'll accept it i'm gonna give you a c plus I'll take it. Honestly, I'll take it. That's fine. That's technically above average. So yeah. 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 Great. Um, well, great. Hopefully I didn't leave anything important out and our listeners won't feel like what the fuck are they talking about more than usual anyway? We'll we'll just, you know, we'll talk through it all. Okay. I feel like the first thing we have to talk through, I know we usually do a new character first, but I do feel mm-hmm. like we should address this first, which is this is the first ghost written book. Yes. It's, uh, it's exciting. didn't write this we've been talking about this for a while like we've known it was coming yeah um and i know that when we were like when we were having sam on for example we didn't we, we i think it was one of the considerations maybe we wanted to have her on for a k applegate book but mm-hmm. now we have officially crossed the line not every book after this book is ghostwritten but this one is yeah um the author of this one is jeffrey we looked up online we couldn't find a video of him saying his name or anyone saying his name but I found a pronunciation guide for what I think is the right pronunciation for his name. Zulki. So Jeffrey Zulki. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, it's not like K.A. Applegate wasn't involved on Seropedia. It says that she would outline the story and then the ghostwriter writes the book and then K.A. Applegate edits and approves the book. Mm-hmm. So like she still had, it's still her book. You know, she still had a final say and her name right. was attached to it, but she didn't actually like write all the details. And I would say, I mean, I don't know if you had different experiences. I, I knew this was ghostwritten, but it mm-hmm. felt very much the same. Yeah, it did. I agree. It didn't, the tone was still exactly the same. Which honestly, that's a real skill to be able to ghostwrite. And then it yeah, still feels, especially that. like if you're a ghostwriter and like a lot of the like celebrity autobiographies, a lot of those are ghostwritten mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of people, they're just, they're just not writers. Yeah. Um, and I think it's easier to get someone's voice when it's just one book by itself. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it must be really hard when you have like 24 books before your book. Yeah. To like capture the same tone and like get all that. So I must be, I'd be interested to see if there's like a, a style guide that someone has given about like what kind Ooh, of verbiage yeah. you can use or and can't like use. How many back and forths they have to do to make yeah. it perfect. Yeah. If that exists, if someone knows about the existence of like the style guide, like one of those things where they put it out a yeah, while to show how it happens, works. I would love to see that. Honestly, if anyone's ghostwritten for any series, not just this one, I'd love to see if there's like some kind of guidance. Just like how it works. Given. Like I want to know how it works. It's very interesting. Anyway, I thought but that was a good job. By nature, they're like not supposed to say they did it though. Well, but I mean, like this book, it seems like it's pretty well known. And yes, I, I think. Do I have my copy of the book in front of me? Yes. Um, I think that they got credit for writing these. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, you know what? It says right in the front, the author wishes to thank Jeffrey Zulke for his help in preparing this manuscript. 
okay i guess that's how so, you think a ghostwriter yeah i would love to know what it what it looked like what that process was like for all these ghostwriters because there's a button he's i don't think he right he goes wrote another one but let's know what it looks like for the rest of them yeah well that's very cool um neat all right so back to the book new characters new species yes. we have one yes. new species and it's the vember who are very cool they're real freaks they are scary i would not want to meet one but they are no. very cool and when we very um, first see them they're like frozen in like a little canister yeah, yeah. there and axe seems pretty surprised to see them yeah they're supposed to be extinct they were uh like extincted what is the word i'm looking for they were made to wiped be extinct out? wiped out by another species called the five we don't know what they're the five of but whatever they're called the five who realized that the venber like the makeup of their bodies was valuable fuel which is horrifying mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. they just wiped out the entire species of venbers um and the yerks have found enough venber dna somewhere that they were able to recreate them, but they merged them with some human DNA. And that's what they chose to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I'm going to call it something. It's something. I, I feel like, okay, I should describe what they look like because it's really a lot. So they're very, very tall. They're like, what were they like nine feet tall or something? They're do you want me to read the description? Cause I have it in front of me. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there were two of them about eight feet tall humanoid torso head and limbs in the usual places only their heads were shaped kind of like a hammerhead sharks oblong with big dark globs on each side that must have been eyes each creature had two thick upper arms growing out of broad shoulders the upper arms split at the elbows to make two forearms big burly nasty looking beasts silver with flashes of blood red and midnight blue along their flanks along their shoulders and co converging on their faces i'd seen that color scheme before he's referring to when they saw them on the ship in the canisters mm -hmm. They were sliding towards us on long ski-like feet. They used two of their forearms, one right and one left, to propel themselves forward. And they glistened in the light like diamonds or crystals. With their third and fourth forearms, they each of them carried a chunky black tube of some kind. That's um, like a, a cannon they're carrying. And then later he describes them, uh, he describes them as, uh, they kept coming, making strange crunching noises. Regular repeated sounds that seemed to ricochet off the rocks behind us in weird distorted echo. So they were using uh, basically echolocation. Yeah. To, to get Pretty around. Pretty wild. And they can only exist at freezing temperatures. As soon as they encounter anything above freezing at all, they, they melt. melt. They're, they're like popsicles. <laughs> yes. It's really an interesting choice of alien to bring to any game. I don't know. To like bring, bring along with you in your Earth takeover. Yeah, it's unclear why this is Visser 3's big plan and like what the goal is because they're fairly useless outside I've, of yeah. anywhere other than here. I've got a lot of thoughts about this and I, I'm going to bring it up later, but okay. I've got a lot of thoughts about some of the science project nature of these guys. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's the Venber. Um, yes. But okay, so let's talk about some small things. I have a couple of small things I want to just start with. Sure. Um, this book begins with Marco on a date. Um, my note, I have a note, because we were talking about why this book is called The Extreme in previous episodes. And my my theory, and just go with me here, I think that this book, the title was shortened. It's um, The Extremely Uncomfortable First Date. Yeah, truly. Who boy. Because she goes, he takes Marion, he and Marion, they go 
to the symphony and they see a show which he lies about being into classical music which yeah great uh, sure. and then he falls asleep and she just leaves which is she very just leaves. funny she's his ride and she just <laughs> it's so leaves. funny it makes me wonder if she tried to wake him up and then he just wouldn't get up and she wouldn't like, you well, then find an bye. adult and be like my date seems to be unconscious and non-responsive he said, was, did he say when he woke up that there was no one there literally no one okay i have never worked in a theater before but i'd have to imagine that the people who like clean mm-hmm. the theater you wouldn't just let someone stay there asleep in the let audience. alone a child also how did he sleep through like okay i have been to the symphony they play music it's often quite loud especially at like, like yeah. the climaxes uh-huh. of pieces um and then people applaud and that's yep. loud and then people, after the thing is over, they're all talking to each other, walking around, getting their coats, going to their friends. That's also loud. How would you sleep through it? Yeah, no, it makes no sense at all. At all, at all. Yeah. That was a, a weird way to start the book, but like, sure. Yeah, Whatever. it's either the extremely uh, uncomfortable first date or the extremely bad at dating. Because I think the things that we know about Marco is that he's pretty bad at dating. I was, I, I actually haven't said this yet, but I was actually very disappointed that the extreme didn't refer to extreme sports, but we did get skiing aliens, which I felt like was, that was okay. I, I actually posit that this did have extreme sports. There was skiing, there was sliding, which I think is kind of like, um, sure. The, the luge is that, sure. mm-hmm. so there was sliding, um, there was falling from the sky. There was falling. That's like, a. Like parachuting yeah parachuting yeah that's, yep. that's probably part of the extreme sport that's a thing yeah um there was swimming in extreme temperatures there was yes you're right there was so swimming i actually believe waters. that this you're right. did meet what you wanted like they didnn't it wasn't sponsored right. by mountain dew but like it's had the energy of being sponsored by mountain dew you know when the universe gives you skiing aliens like you should be grateful for them you know yeah it gave you skiing aliens and just a lot it gave you a lot give me a lot yeah no so you're right I, you're i think this is extreme sports Okay, great. Um, I have one other small thing I want to talk about. It's just like a little tiny thing that made me laugh. Um, this or three. I, I'm calling. I've been called it in our notes bird paranoia, but I think it's just general animal paranoia. He's very inconsistent about what he's paranoid about very. because there are times when he's like, there was the, the the book where he saw some seagulls sitting in a windowsill and he like launched out of the window and like tried to murder them. And he goes right, they were the animorphs. This one. They followed him in Birdmore's, landed nearby him, um, and like nobody seemed to notice him, notice them, or care. Um, and I think and, and he three... doesn't realize it until he sees a dead taxon, and then is like, "Wait, there's flies on my ship? That doesn't make sense that there's flies on my ship." It's yep. okay. So my my theory is one of two things: either he's just like in a you know he forgot to check, he's like in a different mood, he's in a weird mood or whatever. My other theory is that he's murdered too many birds and it's getting suspicious and someone on his team was like, Mr. Three, you have to stop murdering birds because it's getting weird. There's always all these bird carcasses all over town. And so yeah, he had to hey lay off boss. a little bit. <laughs> I also just want to put out there, uh, okay. I don't understand. Do you remember when we went to the McDonald's entrance to the pool and then yeah. it wouldn't let anybody in who wasn't like uh, their DNA yes. was coded? Yep. Why don't they have that for the ship? <laughs> because they should. Yeah, surely. Well, if you're trying to protect your ships and you have this technology, why would you not? Anyway, that was to me a I don't know, like a plot a plot hole for me. Okay. Noted. But this or three needs to be more consistent with bird paranoia. Yeah. 
All right, let's get into the meat of this book. And namely, okay. that is Eric. <laughs> the Return of Eric. Does Eric only show up in, in Marco books? No, he shows up in other books. Because we yeah, had him in... We had he showed up like David three book. books in a row. He You're showed right. up in a he, Tobias book. It feels like he shows up in a lot of Marco books. It was the Marco book where he showed up yeah. with the David, the first David book that was a, a Marco book. Yep. This Marco book when we first met him, Marco book. Yeah. Um. My really big takeaway with Eric is honestly fuck him. Like I just there's <laughs> he's so annoying. He just he showed up and was like big thing happening. Don't know what it is won't be helping you all we know is that oh actually he mentioned this and it's never mentioned again he says the yerks are developing technology that will allow them to have a yerk pool in any body of water and then we'll never find out how that relates to what they are doing in this book is the the dish that they were putting up in that book is that not what that technology was we don't actually know. They don't I even honest- know if they were going to the right place. They have no, they just hopped a ride on Visor 3's butt and we're like, we'll just, find wherever he's going, that must have something to do with it, I guess. I honestly forgot that was the plot of this book. I just totally yeah. forgot what the plot of this book was. For a very long time, like in the middle, I was like, I have no idea why we're here or where we're going or what the plan is. And I, and that's, I don't think that's a fault of this book. I think it's because I read it in weird oh, kind I, of chunks. I mean, I think it's the fault of this book because it's okay. uh, never mentioned again. He drops that piece of information and then never mentions it again. Yeah, no, I, this book was this book was confusing for me in certain places because I didn't understand yeah. what was happening, which some of it I thought was interesting. Some of it I felt like losing track of what was happening because they were so focused on survival, I think at certain points was kind of like an interesting thing to do. But other points I was like, eh, it sucks um yeah it yeah i i agree yeah um, the one but, thing i will say yeah. for eric though is that mm-hmm. at least usually what he does is he shows up he's like i have a mission here's an extremely vague sentence about it of a mission and i will uh, goodbye now i'm leaving and then he just leaves and then he bounces and that's it that's the amount of help he gives at least in this book he helped them solve the problem of like what about our parents though <laughs> won't, won't they that's notice true. that we're gone yeah, he did that's one true. thing beyond just saying, here's no information, goodbye. Yeah, except he also doesn't really do a good job with that. So he and the other, she disguise themselves as the Animorphs and they live in their houses for like three days, but they don't act in any way consistent with their people they're trying to be. That's and, true. Uh, kind of almost give the game away. Yeah, because they say that Eric like cleaned Marco's room and also the garage and also the basement. Or yep. something like this. Yeah. Eric needs to learn how to act. You would think yep. that he would know. He's been around for a long time. You would think he's thousands Take of years old. Take his acting class. Yet, yeah, truly. So I don't know. Eric uh, really just came in and blew stuff up in this book like he does in every book. And I am tired of it. I wish. Uh, I understand that Eric couldn't go on the ship with them because he can't morph into be smaller or whatever. But surely he could have come with them or another Chi could have come with them because wouldn't it have been easier to survive in the cold if they had like a superpowered robot with them? I mean, they didn't know they were going to the cold. So there's that. But in pretty much any situation, it would be good to have an android who can fundamentally change how he looks. Like, it feels like he's always like, no, I like, 
I can't help you because of the nonviolence thing, but also I can't, I can't um, potentially reveal that I'm not who I say I am because I'm in the sharing or whatever. But like he could easily just change his appearance and be somebody else. And he can also project like a dome around them, which he does at the beginning of this book, I think, yep. where it makes it look like something else is happening than is actually happening. You so can like make them invisible if he wanted to. Yeah. So then they wouldn't be able to morph better. Yep. It's yeah. He should Eric go with them. Annoying. Yeah, he, annoying. he should. Even if he can't fight, like just having his presence. I don't know. Yeah. Eric's yeah. Uh, not great. Not great. Don't like him. Um, let's talk about their science project okay at <laughs> the entire time when they were talking about this like science project to do some of the vendor all i could think is, is shark ears too it's a similarly Same. bad idea the, that wasn't well thought out exactly shark ears too okay and like for example if you if you're like okay we have the technology to take an animal or take some dna and then blend it with other dna in some like island dr moreau style shit um we're gonna like merge them together to make the perfect creature to do whatever i am not a scientist however i would think the very first thing i would do would be to say okay this alien is super powerful and super great however when it gets even mildly like even like just slightly warmer uh it does turn into a puddle so we're gonna take whatever that part of its dna is take that out we're gonna put in some human dna where it like stays solid wouldn't that be the first thing you would do they didn't do it you would think yeah no they left the critical you know risk factor in their dna and not only that they they do the shark ears thing they put chips in them they program them just like they did with the sharks and I gotta say that was a again a dumb choice because they 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 programmed the Venber to be like chase the Andalite bandits, and then the Venber have to do it, and so then they chase them into areas of the building that they can't be in because they're not freezing, and then they melt like the Yerks did it to themselves. They melted their entire army out of sheer stupidity and lack of planning. It had the the energy of like when you are working on a project with somebody else. And it's just like you and one other person and it's, you've been working on it for so long that you just, you're like, every idea we have is so good now. And you just don't have the Absolutely. ability to see any errors at all because you've just been working on it so long. And then they're just vibing it to way like, too hard. Mm-hmm. You bring it to somebody else. And the other person is like, the first thing they like, they say is like, oh, there's a huge hole. And you're like, what? No, it's not there. I've been working on this for so long. It has that exact energy of like, 100%. there's a huge flaw and you and the person you're working with, no idea because you've been working on it too long. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever scientists survived the shark base, they were like, Visor 3, give me another chance. Put me in an ice base. You know, if the water base didn't work, let me try ice. Okay. But I have to ask you, do you think, okay, so theoretically, let's say you have a popsicle and you leave it on your counter and it melts. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Theoretically, and I wouldn't do this because it just sounds gross, but like you could kind of like scoop all the juice into the popsicle mold again and like refreeze it. Mm-hmm. Can they can they like kind of sponge up all the Venber juice and just pop it into another mold and refreeze them? Good question. We don't know because Axe doesn't know shit about the Venber. All he knows is like some mythical stuff about frozen people. Uh, good question. I'm just wondering if you could, but okay. I, again, I really think that the failing to make them solid permanently yeah, solid yeah. was a huge thing because imagine how bad it would be for the animorphs if they were like 
we made Ven bear boat for the beach. And then they mm-hmm. brought them to wherever the Animorphs live. Yeah. That would be, be bad. catastrophic. Yeah. Also, Axe says at one point, like, obviously they're not carbon-based life forms. And I was like, what other, what other bases could there be? Are there? Is that, huh? <laughs> like, I was like really concerned and then I decided to move on. But like, what do you think that means? What are they? I don't know. Part of me wanted to think that they were like mercury-based because mercury melts at a very low. Yeah, but mercury's big relative to carbon, right? Like, I feel like mercury also, like there's another level of base there. Maybe not, maybe not. I, it's the periodic I don't, table of the elements. I don't understand enough about science to really to really make a guess that like maybe they're I I don't know I I feel like I only know about carbon-based life all hypothetical I'm looking I'm looking on the internet wow hypothetical types of biochemistry um let's see silicone uh boron sulfur okay all right various metals okay never mind i okay there you go well now we know now we know interesting or honestly well, now we don't know we still don't no, understand no, any of this we don't know anything we just know that i guess axe wasn't completely wrong um no this project that the yurks are doing is um dumb there's just some really big flaws i just i feel like this are three well, Looked yeah. at the Shark Years project and was like, you know what worked really well in that? The melting part where the chips melted out and then they the were like, part. melting is fine. Melting is fine. And they just yeah. didn't think about the fact that that is one of the Venber's most massive weaknesses. All you but have I, to I, do if the Venber is bothering you is get a candle. Literally. A or a little bit of water. Just any non-frozen water. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I will say the, the plan that we hear about from Eric to turn all water sources on the planet into year pools, that's a good plan for the year. It like, is so good. That's a good plan. That seems to have nothing to do with this plan, which seems to be a pet project, which is a yeah, bad plan. <laughs> One yeah. quick question about the year, the year plan with the pools. So I've always envisioned the year pools as being kind of muddy. Yeah. And like gross. Mm-hmm. So, and I assume they have whatever, like they're made up of some kind of stuff, right? They don't just be mm-hmm. like, we'll just pour a bottle of Evian in there and that's probably good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, well, first of all, would the, would that ray affect like all bodies of water? Like the ocean is now a yerk pool. Um, that was kind of the implication. As small as a bottle of Evian or alternately, well, the other thing is like, the ocean has salt in it. Would mm-hmm. the salt make yerk shrivel up? Would the chlorine in a chlorinated pool be an issue? I, mean, it I feels don't know. Like, I, I second guess everything Eric says. So all of this could be a lie. It doesn't, it, this plan doesn't make a ton of sense to me only because I think of yerks as being like slugs and I know that slugs don't do well with salt. And I have to imagine I mean, they don't go with chlorine. actually slugs, Dwin, that's prejudiced. <laughs> But I'm just saying that, like, they don't. I would have to imagine that salt or chlorine or like other. Yeah, it doesn't cool seem chemicals. like a good a good fit. Yeah, yeah. But Eric seems convinced that they have some technology to desalinate water and also turn it into a year pool. I don't think so. But I feel like know. people would notice if suddenly the ocean was desalinated. You'd think because there'd be a lot of dead animals stuff died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think people would notice. I think, well, okay. I think people would. 
Yeah. So anyway, that's that. But I think, okay, so like this is, that is sort of the, I guess the plot of the book. Like it's supposed to be this whole science related mission. Uh, but that is not really what the book is about because I feel like 90% of this book was just them trying to not die in this cold place. Yeah, it was Animorphs versus Wild. Yes. 90% of it. Yeah. Which at parts I thought was kind of interesting because is you know, I, I always like to see what they're like away from the Yerks. And I think yeah. that seeing them endure something and like having to use their what they have to try and figure out how to survive is interesting. But on the other hand, they did just fully forget what was happening in most of this book. Yeah, they lost sight of their own mission, which is fair. I would too if I were just frozen, but you know. Yeah, they basically just have to, they're like surviving on the ice and the way they end up surviving is that Tobias and Axe morph into fleas and they move around from person to person to stay warm. And then everybody else, they morph wolves and then... Mm -hmm. They morph back and forth human, wolf, human, wolf, human, wolf to stay technically human, but they need the wolf to stay warm. And Marco says that basically they stay in their morph until they almost die of shock. And then they morph back to human, which resets the clock on them dying. And then they go back to wolf and then they stay there until they almost die of shock. And they just go in this endless cycle of almost dying and then coming back to life and then almost dying. Very bad. It is so wildly traumatic and like horrible um and like a lot of this book is them being traumatized by the cold like even before they even get to the planet or the planet to the like ground there's a whole thing with the mist from the vember's little yeah. canister that like freezes everything where like rachel loses her foot because yep. her bare foot just of pops the... off yep it's this book i actually think was one of the most gruesome uh yeah it was cold gruesome. related cold related injuries are gross and really scary uh so it was just, I thought it was really intense. Yeah. And then uh, they have to eat mm-hmm. and because they've used all their energy morphing, they have to eat. And so they watch a polar bear eat a seal and then they go eat the leftover seal. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is something that they have, like in the past we've seen, I think most of them have had moments of like, oops, I ate a fly or like, mm-hmm. oops, I had a bite of something that I shouldn't have had. And I actually think that we, it's, and they don't straight up say, oh, no, I think they do say, uh, in the Hork-Bajir book, not the Chronicles, but the one where um, the two Hork-Bajir escape, mm-hmm. Cassie and Jake eat part of the Hork-Bajir. Yeah, um, right, right. So, like, they've done it, sometimes by accident, sometimes by planning, but, like, not like this. Um, and it mm-hmm. sounds like, like, they've mentioned Rachel really enjo- was, like, seeming to enjoy it. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, um, classic Rachel. Classic Rachel. Yeah, and then uh in a twist of food chainness like they have to, they need winter morphs so they morph a seal and then they're almost eaten by a killer whale by an orca yeah uh, well, and then and, they experience the other side of it and the seal part is sad because they eat the seal and then they see the two baby seals and then marco is like i just ate somebody's mom yep and it's just like feels so sad and i'm like oh man and he has a lot of mom stuff coming in yep mm-hmm. that's rough Yep. Um, and uh, yeah. But I have to say that morph is my favorite morph because it seems really cute. I know. I agree. I was thinking about how cute it is when you touch seals' noses and then their heads go like into their bodies, you know? Like, yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah, so but, cute. If they had just, if the book had just been them swinging around as seals and nothing bad ever happened, 
perfect. That would be, oh, that would be kind of where I would be at for this week. Yeah, I'd read the heck read. out of it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. Just like very traumatic survival stuff, basically. Even even for the, like when they, they the Hork-Bajir and the Taxon that get killed, that part of the book is also traumatic because the Taxon that gets hurt, it gets like cut in half and then one half was eating the other half. Yep. Horrifying. Gross. Horrifying. Very, very they talk about how they're so cannibalistic that they will eat their own damn selves. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no, indeed. Yeah, no, no. Oh no. Um that was bad. That's actually that's the other part of the survival piece of this. They have to escape the Yerk ship. This is before they're dropped in the mm-hmm. snow, but the only way to do that is they have to distract Visser 3. And so they sacrifice controllers. Like they trick controllers so that Visser 3 will kill them. Yep. And then there's like, you know, five Hork Bajir and one Taxon that die just so that they can save themselves, which is not ideal. Terrible. Yep. Uh, and then the, the, I mean, the we kind of things kind of turn around because they meet a friend. Well, this part was so strange to me. It was. So as they're escaping the, the Orca, Marco like pops out of the ice and he starts to demorph. Uh, With back- the logic that yeah. orcas don't want seals. No, they don't want humans. They want seals. So if you turn into a human, they won't eat you. That logic not does not that doesn't make yeah. any sense to me, but okay. No, but whatever. So he demorphs, but as he demorphs, he turns around and there's somebody there. There's a there's a person just who just watched him demorph. And he's like, yep. uh-oh. Um, it's a nice guy named Derek. And he's like, well, hey, what's this? Yes, no, their spirits. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, so do you all live around here? Or like, he's just like, he's just like, yeah. what the heck? Who are you? Um, Derek's just hunting. And he's uh-huh. just like, well, all right. Um, I will say that he is described in the book as, as Inuit. And I, I think that that is a 90s generalization and is incorrect mm-hmm. and probably not super great because they're in the Arctic and I I don't think the Inuit don't live in the Arctic. They live in Alaska and Canada. So that seems incorrect to me. Yeah, and they don't, it doesn't really ask him. They don't. It's just an assumption that he is Inuit. Yeah. Um, the stuff we kind of know about him so far, or we know so far, but we know about, we learn about him pretty quickly is he is hunting for seals and yep. he has a bunch of like seal pelts in the boat that he's in. It's a boat, yep. right? Yes. Yeah. He's in a boat. Um, yeah. and the, a bunch of them are, um, like, like they're scorched because they have been shot at by, as Derek describes them, the Star Trek people. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, not inaccurate. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but he has all these pelts and it's, I mean, it's great news that he's there because he's able to give them pelts to wrap themselves up in. And also he gives them the key to like surviving, which is telling them about his friend, uh, was it Nanook? Yeah, the polar bear. Yes. So they go. He's not really his friend. He's just like, no. yeah, that's a polar bear I see every year. Yeah, I mean, he's right over there. It's, yeah. it's just a polar bear. <laughs> yeah. Derek's very chill. I really liked Derek. So I'll tell you, when I first, when he first came in, I was like, is he going to become an anamorph? <laughs> is he like well, the good, the good one that we could get? Like, okay, David is a total failure, but Derek. I have a lot of questions about that. He clearly knows that 
Axe is an alien. They tell him explicitly, Axe yes. is an alien. We're humans and we're just doing something stupid right now. That's what they tell him. And, and they could have let him think that they were spirits, which like, I don't know how much Derek believed it or didn't believe that, but like they could have at least been like, yeah, we're spirits. But they or we're with the Star Trek to. people or whatever. Yeah. But like they just tell him everything and then they let him see them acquire a polar bear morph and then morph into polar bears and they tell him what their plan is and then they just send him along his merry way. And he lives right by a Yerk base. Like Well, and their reasoning They forced is- David to convert into an anamorph but with Derek they're like I mean have fun kid bye what their reasoning with that is that he lives in a remote Inuit village so like maybe they'll like yerk him but also probably that village isn't high on their list which I mean it's probably not high on their list they probably weren't like that place first but it's not not on their list it's on the list yeah so what yeah it doesn't make a ton of sense i guess the only reason why they would think that he wouldn't get yerked is like is there if there's not a yerk pool conveniently located no but actually that's not any sense but the no. plan is to make more yerk pools well but it's not like a ton of pools in in a you know an arctic village he the man is in a boat oh i guess we're talking about the sea but no no, no the yeah. sea i think would be too cold because they said okay. that the yerks can't be that. too cold I don't know, but because the Venber you know, are too cold in the bean. I'm just saying hypocrisy. Yeah, no, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, I kind of was hoping. I'm like, I would like him to become like he seems really, be really chill. fun. Well, I mean, um, it would be bad. It would take him away from his home. It would be bad. But like, yes, you know. yeah, yeah. I okay. I I think it seems very unlikely we'll see him again. Mm-hmm. But part of me really would like to see him again. I would like him to see like to see him become an anamorph. Same. I liked the energy he brought to the book where he was just he was like, they, they were like, they were like, yeah, we're aliens. And he's like, oh, rad. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, really great, no problem. Um, yeah, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, he was very chill. Mm-hmm. He he was just very fun. I liked him a lot. Yeah. And in a book where I don't, I frequently do not like the men in it. This one. Yeah. It was a nice change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, uh, that was no good. I will say one other small thing is uh, when Cassie realizes that he's hunting seals, she has this moment where you, you can tell that she's so, she's ready to like pop off and be like, how dare you hunt a seal? Yeah. And I was really afraid of that because. That would be not, not book, a good look. Yeah. The book would have framed that as Cassie being righteous in some way. Mm-hmm. But it is totally appropriate for him to do like, like that kind of small scale culturally, like that's like what and he's doing culturally. Hunting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's normal um it would be inappropriate like fine. this is my mega ship where we just shoot seals out of the water all day long <laughs> yes that is, yeah. that's not great for the environment mega ship. <laughs> yeah you're welcome but Thanks. i think it's totally appropriate for him like in his little boat you know he's he's catching seals to certain like, and it's not like sort of sustenance hunting and yeah. he pretty pretty explicitly condemns sport hunting yeah because that's, that's what, what the star trek people the, are doing yeah. yeah yep anyway uh, I like Derek. I'd like him to come back. Yes, please. Yeah. I'd enjoy uh, that. Yeah. I have one more thing I want to mention that to me is a really big hole in this book. Sure. Go for it. Okay. So Animorphs, they, they're like human morphing outfit situation is that they have no shoes and they are wearing like a t-shirt and like bike pants, basically, bike shorts, basically. So their bare feet and their bare skin is touching the ice at many, many points. Now, 
I had never lived anywhere this cold. I lived in New York, which is much colder in the winter than it is here. For sure, for sure, even if they're only human for like a minute, they are going to end up with serious frostbite. 100%. Yeah. Serious, serious frostbite. And, serious, and it's not going to heal because they no. don't heal coming in and out of morph. Yep. Exactly. So they are going to go home to their families and they're going to have serious frostbite. Surely, I am. There's no way they don't have like nerve damage in their hands I agree, and their feet. Completely. How? What kind of parents do they have that wouldn't notice this? Because it doesn't seem like Marco's dad has noticed any difference at all. If your child no. came home with frostbite in their hands, wouldn't you He'd notice? Ha- you'd have questions, especially if he just spent the last three days only cleaning the garage. You'd have some questions. Yeah. And like, wouldn't you take him to the doctor? Well, you would think so. I just, the amount of damage they have done to their bodies in this particular book, how has no one noticed it? Don't know. Very bad. What's wrong with their parents? Very bad. Unless, I'm willing to be proven wrong, unless in the next book, it starts with them talking about how they've been recovering from their injuries and they figure out a way to excuse it. Nope. I don't think you're going to get that. I don't think I am either. I'm just saying it's a really big plot hole because they should all have really serious frostbite. I agree. Serious, serious frostbite. You are correct because they, sh- yeah, they just showed up in bare feet. Frostbite in seconds. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, absolutely not. Well, that's my big plot hole. It just really bothered me. I was very upset about it. I get it. Totally get it. You want to go to study hall? Let's go to study hall. Okay. Class one. Biology. Biology. Animals in this book. Honestly, snow animals, possibly best kind of animals. It's because they're so furry. They're and like so they're cute. furry and they're fat, and so they just want to like hug them. They're also mean. Oh, they are mean, but like in a cool way. I love. Okay, one of my favorite things about the polar bear is that um, when they the first time they see him, he's like walking around. But the second time they see him, he is standing on the edge of the ice with his head in the water, and they just see his body there with his head underwater, which I just think is very cute. I love him absolutely. Um, can I tell you a thing that shocked me, that absolutely shocked me? Yes. When they transform into polar bears, Marco says that his fur is transparent and he has black skin. And I had no idea. Did you not know that? But, no, but apparently it's just hollow hairs that act like tiny greenhouses that trap heat. Yeah, I had no idea. Really, I did know that. And I don't know how I knew that, but I did know that. It's a really cool way that polar bears stay warm. Like, like beyond the fact that they do have like, you know, I think both seals and whales have like that layer of blubber around their bodies, which helps keep them warm. But also just that, that way that they, their fur is designed, designed, you know, has evolved um, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to keep them warm and in like some really frigid temperatures. I, I want to look up, I haven't looked it up, I meant to. Uh, he mentions that polar bears don't have to eat for days. Yeah, which seems... That seems incorrect. Seems like they actually do need a lot of energy because they are big and they move around a lot. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. I'm going to look it up too. They can go up to 10 days without eating, according to live science. Okay. That's not bad. It doesn't sound like it's a good thing for them to go for a long time without eating because, you know. This one says a polar bear must eat a seal once in every five to six days to maintain its weight. So, okay, I mean, so they could go seal? longer. Yeah. 
it's truly wild. Um, it can eat up to 150 pounds of food in one sitting. Wow. Wow. That's a person. Damn. Uh, I also they, neat. I also they talked about how they, how it cleans its face in the snow. Yeah, cute. Brutal, but cute. Yes. They're, okay. So this is not super science-based. This is just not science. It's not not science-based. There's a documentary that I watched when I was in college. Uh, no, I was out of college, but it was with, with a college friend. Uh, about this town in Alaska. It's like pretty, pretty northern Alaska. Mm-hmm. And the town is like 300 people, 150 polar bears. Mm-hmm. And they talk about in the show about how one of the things that makes polar bears so dangerous is at night you can't see them. And they're really Ooh, quiet. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like they just blend in so well that like you're walking down the street and suddenly polar bear. And they definitely do eat people because- I mean, sure. They're they gotta eat wild something. animals. Yeah. And it was just really wild to think about the fact that like you could be walking around and then just all of a sudden out of nowhere, polar bear, because we think of polar bears as being so like, like you can totally see a polar bear. Like you look at a picture of snow with a polar bear, you see where the polar bear is. Yeah. But the description of them just like out of, at night, just coming out of absolutely nowhere. I believe it. And like snatching a kid, wild. Also, they are not related to that story, but I'm looking at pictures of them. They are really cute when you're, when they're not covered in blood, (laughs) you know? They are really cute. Yeah. Bears I love are bears. so cool. They really, it, it's, it, they, they can swim. They can do so much. All right. Now I'm going to look at seals. It does seem like they basically have no predator. Yeah. They just kind of do their own thing. So like they just can live in really just no fear. I'm looking up Arctic seals because like, you know, there's seals, different kinds of seals all over the right. world. And my goodness gracious, they are so stinking cute. There's like the, the ones that are like gray and sleek looking. And then there's like the harp seals that are like white and fluffy. My gosh, seals are great. I mean, brutal, scary morphs. Yeah, yeah. Cute. The, Man. I mean, the sad thing is a lot of these animals are endangered, which is very sad to me. That um, is sad. And should You're be right. sad to everyone. I agree. Um, but they're so cute. I mean, they are important to biodiversity and we are upset about their endangeredness. However, also I want to cuddle them. Okay. I just want to say though, I think that this is a great book for, uh, for Morse. I also feel like the Morse represented in a way that like made a lot of sense, like that they have sensitive whiskers, that the seals, like mm-hmm. the blubber stuff, I think was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It also really emphasized like how designed they are for the cold and how like you can't just take any bear and throw it in the cold because they're not designed for it. And like how specifically, like how good polar bears are at handling the cold. Yeah, totally. It's like a really specific skill set. Yep. That was great. I love this. Love that. All right, let's go to class two. All right. Okay, this week, we've done it before. It's time to do it again. It's time to go to fucking detention. I'm very angry. I have very (laughs) mad angry with book. Two people. First (laughs) of all, Eric. Eric, okay. Eric is in detention. It's very important to me because Eric has to stop showing up with no information. He has to. I get that he doesn't have all the information and I don't think he can both narratively and also like it would make sense that he doesn't have every single piece of information. But he has to get better at doing things like I am showing up with this much information. Let's have a planning sesh and we're going to get together 
I'll bring the snacks. You bring some snacks. We're going to sit in Kathy's barn. I'll make a little hologram or whatever. And we're going to talk about this and like make a plan and how we're going to do the next steps. Because while he can't have all the information, he does have some information. And also he does have the ability to learn more. Like he just does. I agree wholeheartedly. And he keeps him into trouble. So Eric's in detention I'm, first. I agree. He, he is in detention like hard, like for like Saturday detention for weeks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for weeks on end. If he's not fucking careful, it's going to be suspension. <laughs> I, I agree. Yes. I might be suspending <laughs> him from these books. um okay and then the other person who has attention and i'm natalie my notes when this happened i got so angry (laughs) i had to walk with my book i was so upset axe i know that we have long discussed like what is the order of animorphs and jake has been the one at the bottom i have moved jake up axe is the worst animorph axe is absolutely the worst animorph he is so terrible let me tell you why he's terrible in this book because at the beginning they're listening to the the uh, like this or three talking to whatever he's he, they're listening to everyone talk, and he hears them mention Benvers, which cool like they and, and basically the gang like they're listening and let me think of the the actual thing where he said this because it made me so fucking mad. Um, my notes are like axe you demon. Uh, okay, so they they hear this or three say are the Benber on board, um, and then Axe says Benber. Axe asked excitedly. He did say Venber, did he not? I don't know, Jake replied. Is that important? Hey, Axe, you're not holding out on us, are you? I must have misunderstood, Axe said, not exactly answering my question. Axe. Axe. Why Axe. are you hiding this? No, it, yeah, it's it's fully unacceptable. Every single time there is even like the slightest whisper of a thing that is happening that Axe knows anything about, even when it is totally stupid and irrelevant, he is like, what are you talking about? I must have missed that in class, even when he totally knows. And he Absolutely. promised, he promised Jake that he wouldn't do this anymore. He said, oh, you're my prince. I'll tell you anything you want to know. I won't yep. assume you know stuff. I-, I promise I'm going to do better. He absolutely lied. And here's a situation where he has something to say. And yep. instead of saying it, just he didn't pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I misheard. Uh, let's move on. What? Why? It's not even critical information that he needs to keep secret. It's just random factoids. Come on, Axe. And they were you on, can do better. They were on Visser 3 forever. They were on Visser 3 for like at least an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. On his butt. And he had so much time to tell them about like the Venber this, the Venber that. And it wouldn't have mattered. Like, nope. it wouldn't have changed the plot, essentially. Nothing would have really differently happened based on what the member were earlier. Yep. But why is he being so fucking mysterious when it doesn't matter? Because what that tells me is that when it does matter, he will also he be will fucking mysterious. be mysterious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, nope. we have this Don't whole, trust him. We had that whole book where Axe turned into a mosquito and then he and Jake had that big bonding scene where they're going to, like, arm a bomb or something. Like, they had this whole thing that happened where the whole point of it was them connecting and then axes are like oh i'm actually with you and i'm not with the andalites anymore and like i'll tell you anything you want to know and then he does this shit straight lie yep Axe, you're right he's in detention he's in hell detention i don't know even what's worse than detention he's in hell detention yeah 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 yeah. i agree i'm so angry about this it made me so mad i agree wholeheartedly it's so stupid 
Uh, okay, that was my trip to detention. I'm sorry. I just, I feel like I was very passionate and a little yelly, but that's I'm very okay. angry. That's the kind of energy you have to bring to detention, you know? I, I feel like- They deserve it. You know, I feel like a teacher who says, who just is like- It's, it's like you're like standing at the front of the bus and you're like, I will turn this bus around. Oh yeah. Uh, you know what? I am going to turn this bus around. Yeah. Acts for going home. Yeah. And not to Adelaide Homeworld. We're going back to the barn. Right back there, you know? You go back to your forest and you just hang out there. No talking to anybody like... until you until you share the right information. Oh my God. I just so angry. Well, what's what's who's uh, narrating the next book? And please don't let it be Axe. It's not Axe. However, it is Jake. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And fine. Let me let me tell you about this book. So the next book we're gonna be reading, our little homework for next week. It's called The Attack. Mm. Uh, and the little tagline is change is, is necessary. And it's got okay. Jake turning into a tiger. So I guess it's okay. a featured morph. <laughs> but I can tell you, I'm sorry. I just opened the cover of this book. And um, let me just give a little description. Um, it's got all of the animorphs in their, like, you know, their main morphs. You know, Cassie's a wolf. Tobias is himself. Uh, Marco's a gorilla. Rachel's a bear. And they are in, they're fighting a man who looks like he's made out of lava with a big Skittle, a blue Skittle for an eye. Please <laughs> and, hold that up so I can see it. And then the background of it is like, like bad Lego buildings, maybe. I don't oh know. It's gosh. really bad. It's very funny. <laughs> but it made me laugh for a very long time. I hadn't opened this till just this minute, but it's great. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Weird. I'm going to try and remember to post on our Instagram only because I think this is so funny. It has to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So here is what the back of the book tells us about uh, our homework. The Animorphs have met the Elemist. He helped to save the kids when they were about to be eaten by a taxon. He helped to free to hork and restored Tobias's morphing ability. But even though the Elemist has enormous power, he is not all powerful. He has an enemy, the Krayek. So the Krayak and the Elemis decide that a battle will prove their ultimate power, but they don't intend to fight each other. The Elemis will choose the Animorphs Axe and Eric and the and Eric the Chi, uh, and the Krayak will choose his own army. If the Animorphs lose, they'll be erased from the universe altogether, and there will be no one left to fight the Yerks. Is this the game that the Elemis was talking about la like last book? You know, he's playing a bigger game. I don't think so because that seems like. This seems that, like a that short seems game. like it would happen at the end of the series, and this is just yeah. happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't think so. Yikes. Okay. I mean, this sounds bad, and I'm going to be upset about it. I'm pretty sure. I will tell you, and uh, I the second I read this, the, I read the back of this book a little earlier today. The second I read it, I was like, oh no, Natalie's going to be so upset because it's got both the Elemist yeah. and it's got Eric, and it's narrated by Jake. The only yeah. way this book could get any worse, it was X. This is all bad for me. It's I'm going to put off reading that book for as long as possible. Yeah, it's going to be Oof. I you know, the one thing this book does promise me just based on the inside cover is a lot of chaos. Yes. So, I mean, no book will ever reach the level of chaos of going to AOL headquarters and being animal janitors. <laughs> but I I want I'll I'll hope that we reach something close to that. And next week I'm writing the book report, which means either it's going to be much, much easier because a lot of it I can just be like, I don't know, some stuff happened or it'll be much, much harder 
because I will have to figure out what the hell actually happened. Absolutely. Yes. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Yep. You can find us on Instagram at the book report pod and on Facebook at the book report. You can send us mm-hmm. an email at we love anamorphs at gmail.com. Please don't send us spoilers. But if you do. Yeah. Just write little... spoilers like in the subject line. Yeah. We'll have someone else read it. That would be great. I don't know. That's yeah. the show. We'll see you yeah. next week. Oh, rate and review us wherever you yeah. listen to us. Give yeah. us five stars. Write nice stuff about us. It makes us really happy. Agreed. Bye. Okay. Bye. Yeah, no, I am pissed. I don't, I don't like that. Also, I just realized I fully forgot to write the book report. <laughs> well, so what we could do. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs>